0: The last part of that reading um, was that I have, basically, God was saying, I've called you to love one another, and then the bit that we sometimes forget, to bear fruit. So the two are, are joined together, bearing fruit and loving one another. So we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and John's asked me to talk about goodness. So we're going to talk about goodness very briefly, and fruit in some extension, now, a lot of people ask me why I'm such an appallingly bad cook. Uh, particularly my family, they, they know I'm an appallingly bad cook. And the reason is, if you live with a genius, you don't try and copy, do you? I mean, if you're living with somebody who is the best cook in the world... I, 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 I've been on record as saying the best cook in the world is, is on the left-hand side of the room, the second best cook in the world is on the right-hand side of the room. Um, that, that, that's just my, my, my humble uh, opinion. Um, but there are complications to cooking. How do you weigh a pie? Do you know how you weigh a pie? Sophia, how do you weigh a pie? Come on, you know how you weigh a pie. Aren't you going to tell me how you weigh a pie? Somewhere over a rainbow? Weigh a pie. (laughs) You didn't see that coming, did you? (laughs) Okay. What do you call an alligator in a police vest? An investigator. <laughs> oh, I got some more. I was going to find some carpenter jokes that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed that one. <laughs> I could go on. If if you, oh, sorry, Maggie, I, I apologise profusely. Um, if you go onto the internet, you'll find there's some some on YouTube particularly some great channels called Dad Jokes, right? So these are from the Dad Joke channels. Okay. <laughs> Um, and I, I found these and I was looking at them and I thought, I wonder, I wonder, are there any Christian jokes? And sure enough, if you go onto YouTube and put in Christian jokes, you'll find a couple of channels of two Christian ministers talking to each other, telling each other jokes. So here is a Christian joke. Are you ready for this? Okay, so don't stone me or throw me out of the church afterwards. This is a Christian joke. Jesus is divine. And we are debranches. branches <laughs> uh, Okay. So, thank you. Thank you Come back again. Uh, yeah, okay. So, the whole... The, uh, this is just a big lead-in to the point about fruits and branches. Okay. When we think about um, vines, we tend to get a little bit confused. At least I do. Because a vine, to me, is not necessarily a common plant. If you ever get a chance to go to Israel, obviously go. And one of the things that really strikes you, if if you walk around and look carefully, is is not all the history, but it's the geography and the landscape. And um, Maggie and I were were in Israel a little while ago. and We were at um, Nazareth, where Jesus was brought up. And for me, one of the most important things was walking out, going out into the countryside around Nazareth and just looking at it, because it hasn't changed a lot. And it's hot, it's dry, and it's stony. And all around it are vineyards. Loads of vineyards. Vineyards everywhere. And it made me think that if Jesus, say, had come to Britain, and he'd been brought up in Britain, we would not have stories about vines. We'd have stories about pear trees and apple trees. Because that's what there was. So let's talk about pear trees and apple trees, right? You are the apples. Okay? No, sorry. Woo, I got that wrong. Why didn't you correct me? The, the fruit of the Spirit is the apples. You are the branches. Right? Okay? But the branches come off the trunk of the tree. No trunk, no branches. Okay. So what as a branch do you depend upon? Being part of the tree. Whose responsibility is it to bring the fruit? It's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You're the branch, and the Holy Spirit brings the fruit. That's a really important thing to remember. If you have to put too much effort into bringing fruit, then you're trying the wrong way. You are just the fruit, and your job is to be the branch stuck into the trunk of the tree. That's the picture we have. Now, if you look at the... the, the uh, part of uh, Galatians. I'm going to read it briefly. I'm going to paraphrase it. Um, and here Jesus is saying, or, or Paul is saying, here are your choices. What do you want your life to be like? How, what sort of person do you want to be? This applies to whether you have a lot of your life left or a short amount of your life left. And some of us here have got to concede that we're at the other side of halfway. Where are you in life? What do you want? How do you want to be? Do you want to be somebody who is hostile, full of strife, full of jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfishness, dissension, factions? This, says Paul, is is the work of what he calls the flesh. This is the work of just being human. Or do you want to have the fruit of the spirit? But the fruit of the spirit is love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things, which implies this is not just a limited list. Paul's giving examples. It's not there are nine fruits of the Spirit and nothing else, right? He's giving examples of, of, of good things that we can be. But this to be like this, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is basically saying. You need the Holy Spirit to help you. Every one of us here is familiar with having lost our temper. Hands up here if you've never lost your temper. Oh, you fibber. Not today. today. (laughs) Or or in my case, not yet. (laughs) Not yet, okay? So we've all of us been jealous, been envious. We've all had negative sides. We have all of us, too, here experienced self-control. To a level. We've all had to exercise it. We've all experienced love and gentleness. The question is, which of these fruits do you want to grow in your life? If you want to grow the fruit of the Spirit, you need God's help and the Spirit's help to help you do this. So now we're going to come to the big question. I am this morning supposed to be addressing, supposed to be addressing goodness. Here's a question for you to ask. What's the difference between goodness and being free from sin? What's the difference? You see, because the Bible also says all have sinned. We've all failed. We've all come short of God's glory. And if we are a Christian, God has forgiven you. So in God's eyes, you're free from sin. Does this make you necessarily a nice person? I know a lot of Christians who are challenging to get on with. You see, goodness is not the same as being free from sin. So let's start this morning going back to the, one of the basic verses in the scripture, John 3:16. How many of you here know John 3:16? In the in the AV, yes, I know it in the AV. It, uh, so let's paraphrase it: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting eternal eternal life. And then it goes on. Okay, so it says, if we believe in Jesus, we are our, our secure of future in heaven is safe. Do you, want, do you want to know where you're going when you die? You're going to be in heaven. Yes. Well, here's the first problem. Um, language changes, right? And we all know this in AV. AV was written when? 16-something. It was based upon the Bible before that, actually, the Great Bible, which was written around right about 14th to 15th century. And the English used then still lives in the AV. And it's this word, believe, I don't like the word believe. It's the Greek is pistolo, right? If we were to translate that today, we would probably not use the word believe because believe to us is up here. You believe something. It's better translated with the word trust. Trust, okay? If you trust in Jesus, then you will have eternal life that implies I don't have to understand it. If it's believe, it tends to mean I have to believe it, understand it. No, it's about trusting. So here's a question. If you are worried about your eternal life, just trust Jesus. The believing can come later. The understanding can come later. And the more you understand it, the more you realize that you don't understand it. Because it can get very complicated. God in heaven becomes human. Yeah? And then he dies. Why? He dies to save you. Was there another way? Oh, it can get very complicated. Just don't worry about that. If you want to be sure about your eternal life, Trust Jesus. Just trust that God has a solution for you. And when you read these words about faith and believe, replace it with the word trust. Why do you trust? Because the Holy Spirit moves on you and says, I want you to trust Jesus. It's about trust. Not understanding, not, un- not believing, because that gets complicated. Okay? So trust In the Lord Jesus Christ. So, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, sent his son, uh, that God came to earth as a man and lived amongst us so that those of us who trust in what God did will find ourselves in heaven. Now, part of this leads into, yes, so you will repent of your sin. You will stop trying to... Why? Because the Holy Spirit will be saying to you, you don't want to do that. You want to live like this. And that brings us to the second part of the story here, the fruit of the Spirit, which is linked in with this concept of love. If the Holy Spirit is asking you to trust Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is going to also put in you a desire to be a better person. You might not achieve it, depending upon your critics, depending upon the people who are around you. The biggest critic will be you. You'll be the biggest critic, okay? But it's about trusting. You're trusting Jesus. So people used to say to me, how do I know I'm going to heaven? And the answer would be, if you're worried about it, you probably are. Because you're convicted about it, you're concerned about it. Trust Jesus and he will take you there. Oh, but I believe, I have trouble. But it, it, believe me, we can make this very complicated, so complicated that you won't know what you believe. It comes back to trust. Now, fruit of the spirit. Do you want to be somebody whose personality is and life is marked out by things like joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Against these things, there's no complaint. Do you want to be like that? Or do you want to be somebody whose life is Full of strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish rivalries, dissensions, factions, etc. Which do you want to be? If you want to be showing the fruit of the Spirit, and that's your desire, then that's the Holy Spirit working on you. How do we do it? Well, we trust. Now comes the next bit. When you looked at the, the story of the fruit, you find that God is the gardener and he's pruning off bits. And when you look at the whole uh, story, really, from from Genesis right right the way through, there's quite a bit about gardening. Right? Even in the Garden of Eden, they had to look after the plants and stuff. They had to garden. It's given to us as human beings to manage the planet. It doesn't manage itself, despite what people tell you today you leave it alone, you'll have a load of weeds. Okay, we know that. Now, gardening's very easy. Seriously, it's very easy. There's only two things you have to do. Yeah? Honestly. yeah. Two things you have to do in gardening, right? Number one, do the right thing. Yeah? Number two, don't do the wrong thing. Right? Every plant in your garden has a choice. It likes certain things. It likes the right amount of light, the right amount of moisture, the right space. Blah, blah, blah. Every plant is an individual, whatever else. All you have to do to it is give it what it wants, not do what it doesn't like. The trick is knowing what that is. Right, that's more complicated. But Essentially, it's two things. Doing the right thing, not doing the wrong thing. So how do you think you grow the fruit of the spirit? The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit has grabbed hold of you and stuck you into the trunk that is Jesus. And you are a branch. And as you look at yourself, you'll see there's little bits of fruit coming out. This is the Holy Spirit making the fruit grow. What's your job? It's simple. Do the right thing. Don't do the wrong thing. Now, that basically is the whole Christian message. In a couple of sentences. We can make it very complicated. But that's it, really. God has called you in this world to bear fruit and show love to other people. You do it by trusting that Jesus has put you into the the branch. And then you do it by relying upon the Holy Spirit to bring fruit out of you. And then you look at this fruit And you say, "Hmm, mustn't do the wrong thing, must do the right thing. That's it. We can all go home now. All we've got to do is tell the rest of the world. And when you look at the fruit that you all bear, we find that different people bear some fruit more than others and some fruit less than others. That's called personalities. And we don't necessarily have to fight that. We just do the right thing and don't do the wrong thing. And let the fruit grow. So, here's the difference between goodness and being forgiven, your sin being forgiven. One is in the eyes of God, he looks at you and says, I've forgiven your sin. Your job in this world now, forget eternity, give that to God and don't worry about it, all right? Now, in this life, your job is to go out there and bear fruit. And that you do by trusting the Holy Spirit, not doing the wrong thing and doing the right thing. Easy. It is easy to understand, if you put it like that. <laughs> doing it might be slightly different. Now, if you look at the history of the church, you tend to find this has been a major stumbling stone. You think, why is that a difficulty? It has been a major stumbling, stumbling stone for the church. The churches tend to historically have divided into different groups. We can see today the sort of very um, strict uh, side of the church that only almost talks about salvation. You know, believe on Jesus, get saved, that's it. Once you've got saved, tick box, next person, believe on Jesus. And it almost stops there. The message seems to stop there. And they're forgetting about the importance of bearing fruit. And then you get another side of the church which only seems to talk about bearing fruit and doesn't seem to point out the real importance of getting saved. You know, having your sins forgiven and understanding that Jesus is, is there to forgive your sin, which implies that God is there to judge your sin if, you, if it's not saved. So we have these two divisions. If we're going to have a balanced gospel, we need both. The way to become part, to become a branch is to trust Jesus for your salvation. The way to bear fruit is to understand that yes you do have to try you do have to do some oh this terrible word work you have to be responsible for the bearing of fruit you have to not do the wrong things and do the right things the holy spirit is giving you the fruit you just have to make it get bigger simple that's the whole christian gospel as i understand it in what 10 minutes so we could make it more complicated than that but we're not going to so how do I become good and to show goodness? Well, I'm not going to go into long examples of what goodness is, because you all know what goodness is. It's about a mixture of my faith and trust and my effort to do the right things and not do the wrong things. And this leads us to decisions. So really, we all have two decisions to make, not just one in our lives, two the first decision is, am I, do I recognize my weakness and my failure? Do I recognize that before God, I have not met his standard? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all know that. I could spend a month unpacking that and make it so confusing, you didn't understand what it meant. Right? Let's just take it on its face value. You've all let God down. We could make it so complicated, but we've all let God down. And God has a right to say, don't like that, going to punish it. God has a right to do that. He's God. And God says, okay, if you don't want that, then this is how you accept my forgiveness. It's a gift. You just trust me. I will send Jesus and trust me. And you can spend a lifetime understanding the work of the cross. But by some God-given mystery, through the cross, God has forgiven your sin. Your decision, and this is the decision, do I trust God through Jesus in the cross? Decision. Yes, no. Second decision. I trust God has forgiven me. Am I going to make a decision now? to try in my life to let the fruit of the Spirit grow. And this, the, the old-fashioned word for this is sanctification. We don't talk about that too much today. Maybe we ought to. But it's sanctification, how you become more holy. It gets unpopular in sort of strict evangelical circles because it's seen as work or being saved by works. But it's not. It's essential. Second decision for you. Are you going to trust the Holy Spirit to bear fruit on your branch and are you going to be a gardener to make it grow? What's the things you do to make it grow? What's the things you don't do? I'm not going to elaborate on those because we tend to know what they are. Two decisions. How do you want to respond and what sort of person do you want to be? And that's the difference between goodness... Being a good person, according to Paul, and being, having your sins forgiven. Where do you make the decision? Who'd you want to be? Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter where you are in life, being good and loving one another is part of the fruit of the Spirit, and it follows these two decisions. That's the Christian gospel, as I understand it. So I'm going to pass back to Fiona now. We'll say a quick prayer before we do. We'll ask John to say a quick prayer before we do. There we are.